Hello and welcome back to C-Red UK, where quite simply, it's Chicago Bulls team. This podcast is part of the Fans First Sports Network, so wherever you're listening, rate, review, subscribe, helps us out and ensures you don't miss another episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the bell, give us a thumbs up and leave some comments down below. Got my uh, things in the screen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Matt and as usual, joined by Neil. How are we doing, Neil? I'm good, thank you, Matt. Um, yeah, had a grand day. How about you? Uh, back at work, as you can see from my background. Um, so not that good. But it's more comfortable <laughs> surroundings, right? <laughs> and yeah, it's uh, more peaceful, shall we say. Um, I guess we'll get straight into it. In the latest news. Now, since our last, last episode on which we recorded late on Friday with Big Dave, which we both said is probably one of the most fun episodes we've done. Yeah, it's great. Um, if you haven't listened, go check it out. And if you have listened, why not listen to it again? Today. <laughs> uh, so not a lot of news. Obviously, the news we brought at the time was the uh, Exhibit 10 deals mm-hmm. for two players. Uh, and then not a lot's really happened, Bulls-wise, over the weekend. Um, because I think a lot of Bulls Nation turned into Bears Nation, didn't they? Ready for the NFL. Yeah. So I'll just go straight into it. Germany gold medalists in the FIBA World Cup. Um, yeah, I was rooting for them, so happy with that. And we're going to talk about Team USA a little bit, but before that. Obviously, it's been announced today that the NBA are doing uh, stricter yeah, stricter guidelines on resting players. Right. Um, doesn't really affect Bulls because we never rest anybody. We just go with that <laughs> nine, ten-man roster. But it's to do with resting two stars and resting players for national TV games. Televised games, yeah. Yeah. Um, 100k fine for the first incident, 250k for the second, and then a million more, which I don't really know what that meant, for every following incident. So, Clippers are going to be screwed. <laughs> um, yeah. Lakers won't be uh, exactly happy about it either. Yeah, exactly. Um, I like it. I like why the, the NBA is doing it. But... Mm-hmm. You know, players and teams aren't stupid. Instead of saying rest, they'll just say back soreness, knee soreness, whatever. Yeah. You know? Or what they can always do is they can always play them, but only give them like one or two minutes and then sit them for the rest of the game. That covers themselves too, right? Yeah, exactly. So they'll find ways around it. And I mean, at the end of the day, what's 100k to all these, you know, multi-billionaire owners and stuff like unless it's Jerry Reinsdorf. Obviously. I was just going to say, it depends on which owner you're speaking to. I mean, if you're going to speak to the Reinsdorf, they'd probably be like, well, now, hang on a minute now, 100,000 100,000. <laughs> Hence why Bulls never rest players. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, yeah, that, that just come out today and we just wanted to touch on that. But now we're going to get into Team USA because something else that's come out today is uh, LeBron James being... LeBron James, not not the word we were using to describe him a minute ago, <laughs> but that's, um, that's just for our ears. We don't want to upset people. 
Um, yeah, he's come out and he said he wants to basically bring Redeem Team back ready for the Olympics next year. Uh, Big Dave on the last episode called it. He did. And called players that were going to be listed in mm-hmm. Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. Yep. Obviously, amongst others. Uh, Devin Booker, Dame, Bam Adebayo. And, yeah, it's just typical Team USA, in it, really? See, the thing that I don't get is if they want to go out and dominate like the original Dream Team or Dream Team 2 did or the, the original Redeem Team did, the proof is there. I mean, historically, can they not see that if you team, if you field a team of absolute top tier players, you are going to be that elite squad that you claim to be? Because you'll walk the floor with most teams in the world if you put out those kinds of players. But they seem to do this thing where they, they kind of, they put those teams out and then they pull them back again and they start putting out younger guys or guys that they think have got enough to get through because they start getting a little bit cocky or a little bit arrogant about the other teams that are around the world. But what they don't realise is these teams have got a lot better over the years. There are NBA players in a lot of the teams and they've been found out again. Um, so it makes sense for them to want to to go out there and prove a point. But why not just do this all the time? Play your... Okay, you may want to rest some of them and there's fear of injury. I get all that. But to go from one extreme to the other where you've got a, a 10 to 15 man squad where they're all the absolute top level players from the NBA to then playing, you know, younger, inexperienced players or players that might not really have reached that level yet. And nothing in between. Surely they could kind of mix it up a little bit to give themselves a, a bit more of a shot. But uh, and now they're going to have to go out there and try and blitz everybody around them with the top, top, top players they can find. It it just doesn't make sense to me. Well, I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, they're not bothered about being world champions, are they? Because, as they say, you're only world champions if you win the NBA. Um, yeah. You know, and obviously, Team USA are, are actually one of the more successful teams in in the FIBA World Cup they've won mm-hmm. five times but they just don't put the same level of I think respect on the tournament as they do no, the they Olympics don't. they don't the Olympics seems to be the way that they redeem themselves mm-hmm. like LeBron for example he hasn't played for Team USA since 2012 when they won gold in London at the Olympics since then Team USA has gone on to win the next two Olympics in 16 and 20. Obviously, Zach Levine on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, and they won the World Cup in 2014. So, to me, the, the, I get why USA are doing what they're doing. You know, they do it all the time. But why is it LeBron that's come out and he's going to be touching 40, possibly in his last couple of years in the league or about to go into his last year in the league, why is it him that's coming out saying, I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the one that gets this team, this super team, this team of Avengers, whatever you want to call it, together. Because he didn't even do it last time. It was Kobe Bryant that come back and did it. Was. You know, so is he just basically saying, look at me, I'm doing this. You know, <laughs> I'm as good as Michael Jordan. I'm better than Kobe Bryant. You know. That's exactly what it is. and and. You know, anyone with half a brain can see that that's what it is with LeBron. 
you know, he's he's tried to well, not discredit Jordan, but tried to compete with Jordan on a point where he can then stand up and say, well, I'm I'm the greatest. Kobe's the next in line. Kobe was like, as you say, he's the one that came and led the Redeem team to, to victory. So LeBron wants to be the one that's in that conversation again with Kobe as well as Michael Jordan. And that's what it all comes down to. I mean, I was just reading something just yesterday um, about LeBron and somebody wrote the report. I, I forget who it was. I do apologize to whoever it was that put, put the article out there. But they uh, they were writing about LeBron being the only person that needs to tell everybody that he's the greatest and that instantly discredits him. And they used the clip that Scotty Pippen um, put out uh, years ago uh, where he sits there and goes, the reason why LeBron will never be the greatest is because LeBron has to tell everybody he's the greatest. Mm. Michael Jordan never said he was the greatest. He always said that, you know, it was different eras, different players, and always credited the likes of Kareem and Wilt and, and all the players that were before him. Um, and Kobe was the very same. You know, they had a different mentality. They had a different way of att attacking and approaching the game. Where in their own mindset, I'm sure they thought they were the greatest, but they never had to verbalise it. They just proved it on the floor. LeBron is the only one that is at that level of skill and talent. No question. We've never questioned that. But unfortunately, he seems this, feels like he has this need to have to tell everybody, look at me, I'm the greatest, I'm better than everybody else. And I'm sorry, there's only one American sports star that's ever got away with that in my mind, and that's Muhammad Ali. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like, obviously, there was a conversation on Twitter we had. Um, it was started by Troy posting about uh, Brandon Ingram, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Paolo Banchero not playing in that third place game. Film mm -hmm. illness, um, and a comment that come on it from Maria was about she said the c word, mm -hmm. continuity, as well as a few other things about disrespecting and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's true what she's saying. There's no continuity because you go from these dream teams, redeem teams, stuff like that, and then you filter off, and it's like I'll oh, just throw anybody out there. I'm I can't yeah. be bothered. I don't want to play for my country. I'm a world champion because I've won the NBA, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, like, these young younger players come through. Anthony Edwards had a great tournament. Halliburton had a solid tournament. Do you know what I mean? And then, then they're going to get pushed aside for players like Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, LeBron, KD. Right. Then, and then they're all going to be retired by the time the next World Cup comes around in 2027. Um, you know, so then these younger players, they've got no experience then of playing for Team USA. They don't know what it's like to, to keep pulling on that jersey. There's no... yeah, They're not playing for what's on the front of that jersey at that point. They're, they're playing to make the name on the back bigger. Right. And, which is what LeBron's doing, in my opinion, by saying, I want to bring this team forward because of the name on the back, not because I want to represent my country. I haven't represented my country for 12 years by the time it comes around to the 24 Olympics. All yeah. of a sudden, because we're doing a bit crap, I'm going to come out and make my name on the back stand out for that name on the front. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I hope in terms of from a basketball con like concept, these players do come out because it makes the competition... All right, you guarantee that 
they're going to probably win. Mm-hmm. But I hope they do come out and I hope they get beat just to really kick them in the balls. You know what I mean? And you say, look, you're not that guy. You're just not, you're not that guy. You're not that team. Just retire and go. Well, that's, I mean, I don't disagree with you. Um, it, it's kind of what I was saying with they need to blend the young and the old. Yeah. So that the young guys coming through get that experience with the guys that have been there before and have the the experience from being there previously and, and bring it all together so that you're bringing the young guys up and through and you're continuing the cycle so that they, they carry forward winning basketball for Team USA. And I think that by doing it the way that they're doing it, they're doing, like, I mean, in regards to the younger guys that are out there at the moment, the ones that have just been beaten and, and didn't even place a medal, they're doing a disservice not only to those young young players, but they're doing a disservice to the American people and fans as well because they're not getting to see the quality product that they're capable of putting out on the floor. And at the same time, you know, they're putting themselves in the firing line because what happens is everybody's ready to shoot down Team USA because everybody knows that on paper they could be the best team hands down. So everybody wants the underdog to win, right? It's, it's you know, unless it's your team, you, you go for the underdog nine times out of ten, and, that, and that's just human nature. So what they find is they find people kind of being almost anti-team USA through no fault of their own, whereas you feel that team or caught that team with, say, let's say seven new guys and eight experienced top-tier level players, and people start rooting for Team USA even if they're not from America because they want to see those guys do well because these are the guys that they're following from their own teams day in, day out for 82 games in a season. Yeah, and I think you only have to look at Canada to see, like, basically what you just said. Like, mm. not necessarily an underdog when you look at the roster, but they haven't come out and gone, well, we only got third. You know, we should have been in that gold medal game. Mm-hmm. They've celebrated the fact that they've just won their first medal at a World Cup. Mm-hmm. And they had some good players on there, obviously. SGA, um, Dylan Brooks dropping 39 points on Team USA in the third place game. <laughs> That if that's not embarrassing, then you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah, I think they just need to get off their own little pedestal that they're putting themselves on. Yeah, uh, just basically go back to basics, and whether it's they have tryouts for the team rather than LeBron coming out saying, "I'm going to be on that team. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have X, Y, and Z with me. I'm going to have this super team." which we've seen super teams don't work in the NBA. So, yeah, all right, it'll work at international level because mm. it will be Angola and Argentina and whoever else, you know what I mean? But, yeah, um, personally, I hope it doesn't work for them if that's the route they're going to take. I'd rather see people have to work to get to represent the country and be proud to represent the country as well. Right, and that's the bit that really counts, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, um, you know, drop in the comments but down below what you think, whether you think LeBron is the word that we're not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Could probably guess the word, but um, this is a child-friendly yeah, child podcast from now on, so <laughs> please keep them PG. <laughs> um and there's one other thing over the weekend that I noticed that I just wanted to talk about before we get into the um, the player predictions. And it is, where's Javante Green? 
And the reason why it's come out is, I mean, everyone knows I love Javante. I always have done. And if you go on the Bulls app, the roster is updated with Quentin Jackson and Max Heidegger, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. as well as Bittim and Sonogo and all them. And one player who's still on there is Javante Green. Now, officially, he's a free agent. You know, his contract ran out. Mm-hmm. He's not signed anywhere else. Looking on his Instagram and all that, he's still in Chicago, or he has been in Chicago through the summer. Um, he was at the Denard Bros Pro Runs, which he took part in last year, but this year he was only there as a spectator. Mm-hmm. There in Chicago. And... Yeah, he's just, he got that injury and he seems to have gone. But there's no word of where he's gone. (laughs) You know, so he's not been signed to a new deal, yet he's still listed as being on the roster. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it just seems to be something that, I don't know, he's, (laughs) like I say, where is he? I was hoping you might be able to give me an answer. Is your guy? I thought, you know, if anybody would know, Matt will know. Well, I mean, <coughs> excuse me. To to be honest, I think that injury is worse than what's been made out. Mm. You know, it was it listed as having the bone bone bruise, one e, which we've seen before can take players up to a year to recover from. Right, uh, Kendrick Nunn that had that that issue, won it. Yeah. And he went down in back end of last year, wasn't it? Well, sort of Jan- Christmas, January time, I think, wasn't it? Yes, it was, yeah. So he's potentially going to be out until January, I'm guessing. You know, we've seen him come back, we've seen him dancing on the sideline and stuff like that. But the fact that he's not, there's not been any videos of him working out through the summer, didn't take part in any of the pro runs, says to me that he's not fit to play. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he's still in Chicago, have Bull said to him, get yourself back fit and there's a deal there. Carlett Jones' deal isn't guaranteed until January. Right. January. He's guaranteed 250, 250k on opening night and then he's guaranteed 1.9 million in January. Javante Green was only on 1.7 million last year. Who would you rather have? Yeah. Um, that's an, that's a simple simple answer for me. I mean, I'd take Javante Green over um, someone that's yet to be proven any day of the week. Yeah, you know, and especially if he's that, two million cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please, the Reinstorfs. Um <laughs> You know, I mean, I don't know what how it works with Javante. What he can earn this year because it goes up, doesn't it? Every year, what the vet minimum is per player and. Yeah, per years in the league and stuff like that. But even if you're getting him at 1.9 million, the same as what Carlick's going to be guaranteed. You know, like I say, our bulls just waiting until right. We'll pay Carlick 250 grand opening night. Have him on the roster until January. Wave him. Do you want his now back fit? There you go. You can have Carlick's money, and they wouldn't even have to guarantee him that much. I wouldn't have thought because it's. Mm-hmm like a part of a deal in it do you know what i mean so yeah it works that way um 
obviously I'd rather have Javante on the roster. Um, just one of him would do. You don't need all five of him. No, sure. Could we get a, a discount if we only take one of the five? <laughs> you know, and I think I've seen it going around on Twitter. A lot of Bulls Nation would rather see him. A lot of them saying, why aren't we waves, Carly? Why aren't we? we? And that said to me, I just don't think he's fit. I think that's mm-hmm. the only reason why he hasn't. Because so surely somebody like him would have been signed somewhere else by now as well. Yeah, it, I mean, it's the only thing that makes sense. And it it makes a lot of sense what you're saying, especially the fact that it fits time-wise and um, salary-wise. That Javante could be told, like, you know, you get yourself back and ready and there'll be a space here for you. Yeah. I mean, when you're seeing players like Tristan Thompson get a one-year deal. <laughs> back to Cleveland. Yeah. You know, surely there's a place for someone like Javante in the league. So, oh, yeah. Cleveland's, yeah so... Cleveland's welcome to, to TT as well. <laughs> but yeah, Bulls legend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. If you want somebody who talks a good game and shouts at the bench anyway. So, on to a player that has re-signed in Chicago, Mr. Ayo Desumo. Obviously, we've started our player predictions, player expectations, mm. um, and Ayo's the next on the list, and hence why I found Javante was still on the roster. <laughs> um <laughs> We've spoke about Ayo re-signing. Um, we both think that it's a slight overpay. Yeah, nothing drastic, but a slight overpay. Yeah, for for what he was last year, anyway. Yes. Um, that's not to say that two years down the line, it's not a hell of a deal. Absolutely. Which, you know, two years down the line, we could be saying saying them exact words. Well, mm-hmm. we've got Ayo to assume we want seven million a year. You know, and I think that's basically it is a prove it deal. It is prove that you're worth it. You know, we're not bothered about you sitting on the bench at seven million. But if you can come back and be the starter, be year one IO that's and better for seven million, then bargain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, you see all the stuff on the socials, what he's doing in the community and stuff like that as well. Obviously, his community in Chicago. And we have mentioned that before. Did he only resign because he's from Chicago? And I think in terms of how the fans look at it, that's probably, probably how it is. But in terms of how the management look at it, he was their draft pick. He was there, yeah. diamond in the rough. They're not going to give up on him, just just like that, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, st- statistically, it wasn't he wasn't any worse really than his first year, but he just didn't stand out in the way that he did in that first yeah. year. Um, and I think I think he just needs to work out what sort of a guard he actually is. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. Is he somebody who's going to concentrate on the D or is he somebody that's going to be a, an offensive threat? You know, because we've seen games where he can do it, mm-hmm. um, particularly in Boston. He seemed to like playing Boston. Yeah. Um, you know, where his three, every three he took was falling, he was getting to the rim. We've seen what he can do with a block on KD, was it he blocked? 
Yeah. You know, so we've seen what he can do. Um, was, we've it? Seen how he... was it Yanis? Was it Yanis? Was it? It was Yanis that blocked him, but it was actually a foul, but it didn't go down as a foul. Oh, you're right. You're right. But then he got the block on KD. It was when he played Nets because we didn't play Suns on KD was there, did we? Yeah. Uh, you know, so we've seen that he can do it. We've seen now he locks up somebody like Trey Young. Um, Your guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in terms of... Well, I'll let you say about Ayo first before I give my expectations prediction. Yeah, see, Ayo is, is, a, is a real split-dividing type player at the moment because we had... First year IO, and we had second year IO, and they're both quite different animals. Even though, like you say, statistically, you know they were almost the same. But watching him play, there was something missing in second year IO compared to the first year. Um, I don't know if it was the hunger that was missing, and that meant that everything else kind of dropped off a little bit. Uh, but he certainly seemed hungry with a chip on his shoulder in first year, and that really suited the way he was playing. And it was it was tangible, it was palpable, that chip on his shoulder. And um, and it's something that I think everybody felt and loved him for it. And then he kind of came in the second year, and it was almost like he was like, oh, I'm part of the squad now, and this is all okay. And, and he lost the step. So what I'm hoping is he's now going to be PO'd again, like he was in first year, and come back in his third year and say, well, like you say, this is a prove-it year for him, even though he's got the contract, he still needs to prove his worth. And this is the season to do that. And I'm hoping that we do see a bounce back from Io. I mean, it doesn't need to become a top-tier player straight away, but if we can just see a steady growth and improvement in him for this season, I'll be happy. But the problem and the issue is going to be that He's deep in the deep in the trees in the forest with finding a place for himself on the roster. There's an awful lot in front of him. Um, as we know, we've talked about this extensively. That position, the one-two position, is very, very heavy. And um, he's going to have to prove his way in training and in the opportunities he gets on the floor. And if he can do that, then he, he very well could even find himself in a position where he's vying for the number one spot. Again, again, yeah. See, when I think of Io, I think, why did he fall so low in the draft? Mm -hmm. That's one thing that always I always think about, you know. And it kind of that first year that he had, people forgot that he was the thirty eighth pick. Mm -hmm. You look at his second year, and people go, "I can see why he was the thirty eighth pick. Why right. so many teams passed over him." Some teams passed over him twice. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it looked like a mistake, obviously, because he made, was it second all-rookie? Yeah, second. When, you know, so, you know, that makes him essentially a top 10 pick, doesn't it? In that first yeah. year. That's it where does. he should, should have gone, should have gone, whatever, however you want to word it. So then to, how it it's hard to describe because it, it, it wasn't a massive fall off. It was just, <laughs> it looked like a second round pick last year at times. Yeah. Where it was a fall from 10 to 38. Yeah, essentially. And 
I think in terms of expectations, it's hard, isn't it? You just because he's fallen that much now, he's you know, if you're looking at when we don't we know he's a combo guard, mm-hmm. but everyone puts him into that one position. Mm-hmm. He's behind Javon Carter and Kobe White now. They're the two that are leading the way. And then you can th- probably throw Caruso in there as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you can throw Caruso in anywhere and <laughs> get the same result. But, um, you know, it, so he's potentially the fourth choice now for that mm-hmm. one. You know, yeah, you could possibly say that Kobe comes in to replace Zach off the bench or however you want to do it. But he'd still then be third choice, possibly. Mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, as we've said, it is the odd man out now in this sort of ten man rotation that you can see Billy using. Yes. And you forget people forget Dale and Terry's still gonna be there. He's still listed as a guard. Mm-hmm. Dale and Terry's not gonna sit back and go, you know, yeah, I'll just sit on the bench. Dale and Terry wants to play. He does. He's gonna make it harder for Io as well. That's if they decide to play obviously Dale and at the point. So, he's definitely got his work cut out for him. And one thing I do like is he's, he's been pretty quiet this off-season in terms of what we're seeing from him. Yeah. You know, last year, he had this monster off-season, didn't he, apparently? And, well, we saw the results. Standard. You know, and as we keep saying, when you know, when people are putting all these comments on the workout videos, I want to see him doing this, I want to see him doing that. Why haven't we seen so-and-so? Blah, blah, blah. It's in an empty gym. You know that Ayo's away working. What he's working on, who knows? You know, mm-hmm. Everyone will say he needs to work on his three. Because it doesn't matter which Bulls player it is, it's working out. <laughs> to work three you know, so in terms of my expectations for him, I just want to see him get back into a position where he's... He's fighting for not even a starting role, but where it's like, why ain't I on the court? You know, we need I on the court mm-hmm. just to be solid on defense and offer a bit of a threat on the other end as well. Right. It's basically, first year I O. Yeah. Know, where he's got to make Billy sit and go, this is why I'm not playing you. You know, rather than I'm just not playing you because whatever so prediction wise personally I see him getting a C but I think when it goes to the vote it'll be a low end C possibly a D Mm -hmm. because I I see him as that odd man out if that's where he is all year then Bulls fans are just gonna stay telling him that he's off to China basically Mm. Yeah, my personal prediction would be a C, but I think he'll end up with a C minus D plus. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really kind of had had a struggle with this one as to what I was going to put on him. Um, thing is, if he comes out and he plays like he did in his first year, it's still not quite enough for me because. You want him to come out and play like he did in his first year, but you also want to see progression from that too. Yeah. Because um, if you don't see progression from that too, he's not going to get the minutes. 
and that's the quandary he's in. He, unless he excels, he is third or fourth place to come off the bench. Yeah, in his, at his position, and I think that's where he's kind of stuck. So, unless for some reason he ends up getting a call up, which you know most of the time is down to injury, which is what happened in his first year, which is why he got so many minutes. But then he did a good job once he was given those minutes. The problem with Io is unless he gets that opportunity to prove himself, he may never really prove himself in the upcoming season, and that's that's the unfortunate position that he may find himself in. Uh, and for that reason, I'm actually going to sadly give him a D. Ooh. Just because I think it's kind of out of his hands a certain amount. Yeah, I, like I say, I'm around the same, really. Um, maybe a little bit more optimistic, but... Yeah. Uh, you know, now, like I say, I did, I did go back and forth on it. And if he does get the opportunity like say if there is an injury that gives him that opportunity and he gets extensive minutes that way then he could very well play up to the standard that he needs to and increase that but based on the fact that i'm hopefully not anticipating any serious injuries that's why i went as low as i did yeah and to me that's the thing like you don't want him to get that place just because of an injury you want him no. to get it because he's earned it mm -hmm. and that's essentially what he's going to have to do, isn't it? It's it is big ask. Hopefully, he can do it. Mm -hmm. Is like we've said when we signed him, we wouldn't have been particularly bothered if he'd have gone, and we're not particularly bothered that he's back. Mm -hmm. He's back. He's going to have bulls on the front of his jersey, and that's all that matters. You know, we'll support him, and that's it. You know, if he plays bad, we'll say he plays bad. If he plays good, we'll say he plays good. Simple as. Bald-headed yeah. menace lives on. Bulls on the front of his chest. Bulls across his chest. Uh, on that note, <laughs> I'll send it to um, the ad read. And now, obviously, we've announced our partnership with USA Sports. USA Sports is a UK-based sports merchandise retailer. That was hard to get out. Uh, they cover the NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB and Formula One. From hats to hoodies, there's something for fans, for everyone. From Chicago Bulls to Team Red Bull and everywhere in between. So check them out on all the socials and at usasports.co.uk and at the minute they are still running 20% off if you go on their site. There is a code on the site due to the start of the NFL season. So that is usasports.co.uk. Very good. Now, the next player on our list is another one that splits opinion. <laughs> and it is Andre Drummond. We spoke quite a bit about him on Friday with Big Dave. We did. Uh, you know, and we know that Big Dave is positive about everything, including the yep. negative. Yep. Uh, and I think basically how, how he describes Drummond, it it's fair, you know, and it's kind of like how I describe him as well. You either love him or you hate him. And I think really Bulls Nation loves him. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of saying, why didn't he play 
more games last year? Why didn't you do that? You know, why are you really using him? Why blah blah blah? And then something else that Big Dave brought up, he'd become a journeyman. Yeah. You know, obviously he'd gone from what Pistons to was it Cleveland to Lakers to Nets to Sixers and then found himself in Chicago. Yeah. Which is why everybody thought he was thirty seven and not <laughs> just turned thirty. And I think it was more that commented on the YouTube from, from the Big Dave one and he said, you know, obviously the mental health problems must maybe were there earlier. They just come yeah. out, uh, obviously, when they come out. And when you think that all that moving around, he's gone from being an all-star with the Pistons where he was, you know, their, their main guy. He was putting up massive amount of rebounds in single games and stuff like that, breaking all these different records. And to becoming, well, he even mentioned it on in that video that went around, didn't he, where to yeah. a load of kids. You know, I've gone from being that guy to earning a minimum, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it can be good just like that sort of thing. And there's still a decent player there, isn't there? I think so. Yeah. It, some people say it's um, a style of play that's outdated and the amount of rebounds he gets is because he misses his own shot half of the time and rebounds it. Yeah, well, that might be a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like I said, whether he's playing good or whether he's playing bad, he's entertaining. Yeah. You know, he won the Shaq in a full MVP or whatever the award was that Shaq gives out mm-hmm. because of the amount of chaos that basically ensues when he's on the on the court. And, yeah, you want to watch winning basketball, but you want to watch entertaining basketball. And to me, there's nothing better than watching a seven-foot guy or whatever size he is, man-mounting, stealing yeah. the ball, Euro stepping his way through the defence, and then whatever happens, it's just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and if he rebounds his miss, then he rebounds his miss. Simple as. But I'd rather watch that than a boring, you know, just a seven-foot guy that catches it and throws it. Do you know what I mean? It's just... You know, he was my vote for the unsung hero last year because I thought, like, what he would have brought is that ability for Vooch to rest. Um, And obviously, well, we saw that at the start of the year when he was with with Goran, you know, we saw Drummich, um, you know, getting on the end of them lobs and stuff like that. And, it was fun basketball to watch. Was and then he got the injury, fell out of favour, ran over Billy's dog, whatever it was he did, and but Bulls fans still wanted him. That was the thing, and I think that's probably why he decided to take that second year option mm-hmm. because he felt wanted somewhere. You know, right. he'd been journeyman. He'd gone from like we just said, Pistons to Cleveland to Lakers to blah blah blah, and he finally found home. A new mm. home, basically. Um, I mean, it's just over the weekend he's put it's that time of year again, returning to Chicago, blah blah blah. You see all his boxes packed up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's looking in good shape as well. When you look at the photos, I mean, 
I'd post topless photos as well if I look like that, to be fair. But <laughs> um, whether people want to see it or not. I don't yeah, know. well, you know. <laughs> just, got the, just got this horrible image now of, of Drummond's body and your head stuck on the top of it. <laughs> no offense. Shout, shout out Gary to the photoshops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure Gary will photoshop that one. Yeah. Cheers, Gary. <laughs> um but yeah, I'll let you talk about Dre before. Yeah, it, it's no it's no secret that um I love to embrace the chaos. Uh I love Dre and I just thought he was so underutilized by Billy. And now whether that does or doesn't have anything to do with um, the mental anguish that he was dealing with at the time, we'll, we'll possibly never know. Um, same way as we'll never know whether or not him being a journeyman and going from what he considered to be a really successful position to a less successful position within the NBA, whether that did or didn't play a part in, in what he was dealing with mentally We'll probably never know the answer to that either uh, until he releases the book. But um, if that was part of his issue, I think it's wonderful that he's found a place where he feels like it's more homely and he feels more secure and more loved and more welcome than he has done over numerous years previously. Because I do think that the majority of Bulls Nation enjoy watching it enjoy what he brings and it's all about like we were saying this all through the season last year it's all about billy knowing when it's time to sit him down so that he can settle but that doesn't mean you have to sit him for the rest of the game yeah sit him down let him settle let him get the adrenaline down a little bit again then put him back in again dre is that kind of player that brings you a a big amount in a short period of time. So you put him in, in injections, little spurts. And I think if he's utilized correctly that way, then he is going to be an absolutely fantastic backup to Vooch because everything about his game is different to everything about Vooch's game. They both play the same position and play it entirely differently. And, to me, that is a good thing. It's a good way to unsettle the opposition and it's a good way to bring you different angles to the game. When you're la lacking maybe somebody who's going to go in and, and ruffle a, a few feathers, you put in Dre. When you want somebody who's a little bit more stoic and centred, you put in Vooch. And uh, I think if the two of them are utilised correctly by Billy, that's, a, that's quite a winning combination there. Yeah, I mean, and I was just looking then because it's, I'm just interested to see how many games he actually played last season. And he actually played 67 games, which when you think, it was like, why ain't he playing? It seemed like you were saying that every game. It did. But he's only missed, what, 15 games there? Yeah. Throughout the season. Obviously, he went out with that shoulder injury early on and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's 67 games. That's the most he's played for anyone apart from Pistons in a season. Oh wow! You know, so since that, didn't know that. When he's, I mean, the last time he played more than that was, well, like I say, for Pistons, he played seventy nine in his last year there. Uh, no, he didn't. He played forty nine in his last year there, and then sort of moved around, and mm -hmm. he did a 
get up to 73 games in 21-22, but that was split between Cleveland, Lakers and wherever else looking, quickly looking yeah. at them. And that's what I mean. Does he feel home now in Chicago? You know, I'd like to think so. The most game played. And, like we've just said, Bulls fans love him. Mm. Um, or majority of Bulls fans love him, should we yeah. say. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he's only just turned 30. You know, and he's on a, what was he, three, 3.2 million or whatever he's on this year. He knows he can earn more than that. Yeah. And he's going to want to earn more than that. Whether it's in Chicago or he gets a move elsewhere at the end of next year, whatever. But as long as he is trying to earn that money, earn that contract in his Chicago jersey, you're going to get good Dre. You're going to yeah. get a double-double within 15 minutes off the bench, whatever it is. You're going to get... well. He's the greatest rebounder in the NBA, isn't he? You know, and I think, yeah, people will take the mick out of everything what he's saying about becoming a Hall of Famer, becoming, you know, the greatest rebounder and stuff like that. But to me, that says he's in a good headspace when he's yes. coming out like that. He's feeling confident. He's feeling confident in his, you know, the, the shape he's in. He's played in the Miami Pro League or whatever through the off season. He's you know, he's, he's looking good, he's feeling good and obviously he's feeling good in his in himself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to, he's not going to get back to Pistons version of Drummond, but he's going to get back to, well, he's going to make Billy have to play him, I think. Yeah. You know, and expectation-wise... I expect him to do that. I expect mm -hmm. him to basically make Billy have to play. There's not going to be a time where, well, we haven't got DJJ anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not going to be, right, Dre, take a seat. We're putting Julian Phillips out there. Take a seat. We're putting Toy Craig out there. You know, mm -hmm. we're going to have to play two big men. Mm -hmm. You know, or stagger the two big men. Yeah. Rotate them. Yeah. Um, how it should be. And, you know, we know what happens when he's he's looking good, he's feeling good, and stuff like that. We saw it. So prediction-wise, I'm going to give him a B. Ooh. Just as long as he meets that expectation. I did of... not expect you to go there because that's where I was going to go. I did not expect you to go there. Right, go on. I need to go. Go on. Yeah, like I say, if he meets that expectations, what I've got for him, then I think he's a B because he's got the rest of Bulls Nation interested then. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to the vote as well, I mean, he was, I think he actually finished second in the vote for Unsung Hero last year. Yeah, he did. Bulls fans already know what, what he's capable of and they want him out there. And as long as we see him out there, you know, I... I'd say he's going to be in contention for a few of our little awards that we like to, to dish out, to be fair. And like I say, I think he'll be a B, a solid yeah. B as well. Yeah, I, I was I was thinking B, B minus. Um, yeah, and do you know what? I'm going to jump on that wagon with you. I'm going to go B too. So that's the train we're driving this year. 
It is. That's the one we are. <laughs> Absolutely. And we're both we're both in there stoking the fire together this time. <laughs> so obviously the last one for tonight. Um and we've we've spoke about him enough recently, so it's only gonna be quick. Yeah. Carlick Jones. <laughs> um like, like we always say, nothing against him. He's clearly talented to a degree. Hope he has a decent career. Just can't see it being with Bulls. Just purely because whose minutes is he taking? Yeah. You know, and when you get Bulls Nation saying he's got to play, look at him, he's G League MVP. He won three player of the games in the FIBA World Cup. He got South Sudan to the Olympics next year, blah, blah, blah. That's all well and good. Mm-hmm. But whose minutes do you want him to take? Do you want him to take Javon Carter's minutes? No. Do you want him to take Kobe's minutes? No. Do you want him to take Ayo's minutes? No, because you want Ayo to be better than him. Right. You know, do you want him to stop Dale and Terry getting minutes? No. Because you want Dale and Terry to become that guy, that next guy. Do you know what I mean? We, and I feel a bit sorry for him, really, you know, because to make that step up from the G League to try and to, you know, if he weren't so stacked in the guard room, then, yeah, you'd say throw him out there as your third choice or something like that. But yeah, yeah. We just don't have the room for him. No. And as I said at the start, he's not guaranteed and fully guaranteed until January. Sit him on the bench until January. Wave him, bring Javante Green in when he's fit. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'd like to see. Um, I'd like to see it happen a bit sooner than January, to be fair. but Well, I suppose it could it could do if Javante kind of comes back healthy quicker. I mean, mainly, it's not a knock on Carly. It's just because it gives him a chance to go find somewhere else as well. Right. This isn't the uh, right place for him to grow. No. And... Yeah, he might want to go out there and prove it. He might want to prove that it's where he belongs. But ultimately, he's going to end up getting splinters. So, Yeah. See, I mean, I can understand where Bulls Nation kind of get caught up in the whirlwind of it all. You know, like you say, G League MVP had a very good campaign in the FIBA World Cup. I mean, an excellent campaign in the FIBA World Cup. There's, there's no denying that the guy is talented. And there's no denying that the guy can score. And what are the Bulls lacking? Scoring. So you can understand how people are like, well, well, Carlick is the answer. Well, you've got to look at the bigger picture. You've got to take a step back from it all. And when you do take that step back and look at it, like you say, he's competing against an awful lot. Um, And he's competing against, sorry, he's competing against an awful lot um, of other players that you don't want to see dropped minutes in order for him to gain minutes this just isn't the right system for him right now and I don't want to see the poor guy who's off the back of a great G League season off the back of a great summer um with with his country to then have to go and sit on a bench and do nothing for two or three months he'd be better off if somebody else picked him up um but you know like you say, the most likely scenario, I think the most likely thing to play out is they let him go as far as January and then they come up with some sort of a new plan to replace him. And I think you could very well have hit the nail on the head with Javante, which we talked about earlier on. 
Yeah. So, in terms of expectations, that's it. I expect him to go through training camp, go through pre-season, possibly get a bit of minutes in pre-season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More so, like, the the later games where we're not trying to build other players up and stuff like that and yeah. see systems work, rotations work and stuff like that. Maybe see him a little bit of garbage time and then I think we see him go. Um, like I say, personally, I'd like to see him go before the season just so that for his own sake, really, so he finds somewhere else. I agree. But, I don't think and, it's going to happen, though, but I agree. And it, it might come back to bite us in the ass. You know, he might go on to become another Max Struess or whatever, do you know what I mean? He's the kind of player who, if they were playing, if, if whatever team he goes to is playing the Bulls, you can imagine him having an excellent game. Be a Bulls time. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a Bulls killer. Yeah, but buzzer beater or something like that. Yeah. Just see it. In terms of prediction, grade wise, I'm going to say he's ungraded because I, I was going to say the same. Yeah, ungraded. He's not, he's not going to be on the roster at the end of the season. No, so he won't come into the list that we're giving out. Yeah. So to finish the episode, as we have been uh, last few Bulls trivia. Um, obviously, we managed to catch bitch, yeah, bitch, big Dave out with them. Um, with the, yeah. With the question, <laughs> um, and then we answered or asked some questions at the end of that episode as well. And mine was, which Bulls point guard holds the franchise record for most assists in a single game with twenty-four? And the options were Kirk Heinrich, D Rose, Norm Van Leer, and Guy Rogers. Now, Clem. I believe was the first one to answer on Twitter. Yeah. Troy Standard answered when he caught up of after the weekend. Mm-hmm. And the answer was Guy Rogers. Yep. And I can't remember what my question was. Um, no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, isn't it? <laughs> um, I know that it was answered by Clem. Oh, the who did the draft in? Oh yes, yeah, yeah, and it was the answer was Olden Polynes, who they then subsequently traded with Seattle for one Scotty Pippen. Yes, quick side note on Scotty Pippen, Demar Derozan wearing the up tempos in a workout. Yeah, yeah, I used to have a pair of the uh, the up tempos, and I, I loved them. Yeah, I keep saying to the missus about getting some now and she says, you're not wearing them because you look special. So... Okay. <laughs> I don't even know how to comment on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's so many different ways I could go with that. I'm, I'm just going to behave myself and say nothing. <laughs> I mean, if Maria's listening, our, our fashion expert, then maybe she can drop in the comments whether she True. likes them. That's true. Whether yeah. I would look special in them. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on, my question for this one is, who is the only Bulls centre to ever record a triple-double consisting of points, rebounds and blocks? And the options are Artis Gilmore, Paul Gasol, Ben Wallace or Joachim Noah. Very good. And my question for this episode is, which three Western Conference teams did the Bulls defeat during their first three-peat. So there you go. I'm sure, because Troy's in the future, he's probably already answered them. 
Um, and yeah, this is probably going to be the only episode we drop this week, isn't it? Yeah, um, I'm on nights this week, so I'm kind of busy. Yeah, um, and we've got our fantasy league draft on Wednesday. We do. We'll be by video. Uh, I want my title back, so rules will be bent and twisted. <laughs> Standard. <laughs> get that world champ back. So, uh, but no, thanks for listening. As usual, um, I'd say drop any drop anything in the comments, whether on here, Twitter, wherever. Answer the trivia questions. Don't matter if you already see the answers out there. Just answer them. You know, you might answer them different. Yeah. Who knows? And yeah, until next time, I've been Matt, and you can find me on Twitter at MattCRedUK, and you can find us on all the socials at CRedUK. And you can find me on Twitter at NeilCRedUK. On behalf of us both and the Fans First Sports Network, thanks once again to everyone for tuning in. Whether you're watching or listening, please subscribe, rate, and review, and give us a thumbs up on YouTube. From Matt, myself, remember it's the Chicago Bulls thing wherever you are in the world. Until next time, see red people. Ah! Talk to you later.